God, may our love for you be true. And may we, may we live unfailing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. And God's people said... Amen. That's awesome. Hey, listen, can you bring the house lights up just a little bit? I kind of want to make it a little bit more informal uh, since there's just us snow bunnies here today. Uh, by the way, Larry Blackburn and the children in Children's Church will be having a snowball fight immediately after the service. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but anyway, it's beautiful out there. Thank you so much for coming. You know, Walmart's going to be open and Cracker Barrel's going to be open and Zorba's going to be open and... So we're, we're open too, and, uh, and so I'm just glad that you're here. What I want to do is, since it's just us and it's going to be a little different, it has a little different feel because it's not as full and all of that kind of thing, is I just kind of want to be very informal today, kind of share my heart and let you just kind of hear some of the pastor's hearts and that kind of thing, and just kind of what God's been doing with me. All I'm seeing right now is blue dots because I made the mistake of looking up and I know I shouldn't have. And, uh, and so all I see is blue dots. So all of you blue dots, welcome. We're glad to have you uh, in the message today. This past week, I spent a lot of my time at my mom and dad's. My dad had pneumonia, was taken to the hospital, and my brother and my sister-in-law just do a phenomenal job of caring for my, my parents. I have another little brother and his wife in the area, and they all do a great job taking care of my mom. So when I have an opportunity, I like to go down and give them some relief and, and let them kind of have a, a few days off. So I went down and got the opportunity to kind of hang out with mom and dad. And they were literally wiped out after spending a day or two in the hospital and you know how all of that goes. And so they went to bed early and I just, you know, when I have an abundance of free time on my hands, it is not a good thing. And, uh, and so I, I can either get into mischief or I can really start. And what I normally do between Christmas and New Year's anyway is I just kind of slow down and just kind of check back over the past year, make sure I'm right with the Lord, make sure I didn't leave any unfinished business, make sure that uh, I, you know, kind of do a little self-evaluation, evaluate the church, kind of where we're at and where we're going and what's going on there. And then I also look ahead. And, and the look ahead part is really kind of what got me excited about looking ahead. Now you kind of figure with 2014 starting and the New Year party and blowing the horns and everybody clapping and kissing and singing Old Lang Syne. And it's always funny because that is like one of the most sad songs, you know, uh, that you could sing. But anyway, with all of that going on, uh, I just kind of started scribbling in my little journal and drawing pictures and, and realizing that Clayton was and, and Taylor were coming and then trying to get Perry, that was an adventure in itself, trying to get Perry to Tulsa so he could drive the, the, the truck back for, for us and, and uh, especially for Taylor and Clayton. So anyway, it was just like this. I just had lots of free time shoveling the driveway. You can really think about a lot of stuff shoveling the driveway. You know, my number one thought when I was shoveling the driveway was, Lord, I want a snowblower, you know, and that's, that was kind of it. But here's the thing. I went to Psalm 47. By the way, that text is really what God has just pushed on my heart after doing a little evaluation, or not a little, but kind of going through our major ministries here at the church and, and just kind of doing a little gut check of my own gut and looking at Kirby's gut and just kind of seeing where we're at. I really just kind of want to tell you, I think 2014 for me 
It's going to be all about making some noise. It really is. Because I don't think God put us here. And I want you to understand what I'm saying. I don't think God put us here to be nice people, to get along with everybody, but have no impact on anybody. I think God put us here to make some noise. I think God put us here because we preach a dangerous message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when folks come into our service, man, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, really a stark contrast because we got the lights and the, the gadgets and the buttons and the bows and we got all of that stuff, incredible, you know, vibrant worship. But then you get really kind of a lot of hardline, old-fashioned, just kind of Bible preaching and it's not, you know, it hadn't really changed much in the 20 years and I, I'm a little more comfortable sitting down and, and thank the Lord I don't wear as much ties as I used to and all the men said, there we go. But, by the way, did anybody get a tie for Christmas? God bless you. Yeah, to go with your new slacks you got. Anyway, <laughs> I like, he is such an easy target. I can't, uh, I can't stop it. So here's the deal, man. What I started getting excited about was the fact that we have this incredible dynamic going on. That we are a people who believe that this book is the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. And we don't back down from it. Amen? We believe it is God's truth for us. And what I love is that most of our folks, I can't say everybody, but most of our folks love it straight, love it hard. And you honestly like it when I step on your toes. Now, I don't get that part at all. But you honestly like it when I step on your toes. That's a good thing. We are people who love the book. But we're people who also love to worship. Isn't that right? And so on the first day of the Jewish New Year, because Jesus was a Jew... And kind of what prompted this message and a message I'll preach in a couple of weeks was, you know, how did Jesus celebrate a new year? And being a Jew, what did, what did he do? Well, they would have a feast that marked the new year called Rod, Rosh Hashanah. And that was a week-long feast. Then the climactic moment of that week of feasting called the Feast of Trumpets in the Old Testament, the Jews call it Rosh Hashanah would be the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement was an incredible day because that's the day when the high priest would go into the Holies of Holies and there meet with God and there God would allow the blood of the goat or the ram to be the substitutionary covering for sin. Then, then, uh, then it would just be this time of great celebration because the people of Israel would understand that their sins were forgiven. Well, Raj... Hashanah would start with Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the first day of the Jewish New Year, usually in the early fall, depending on the lunar, lunar cycle. Then, then the first thing that would happen would be this thing called Yom Terah. And this is where they would blow the shofar. And it was incredible. And when you heard the shofar, which basically is like, for lack of a better, is like a trumpet, the children of Israel would erupt in celebration. Uh, it, it had all of, the, all of the trimmings of just a blowout party. 
I mean, there was food, there was fellowship, there was music, there was dancing, there was fun, there was excitement, there was celebration, there was a central focus around the giver of life, so it was a celebration of life, and and it was always kind of in honor of God the King. And so when this shofar would sound, Psalm 47 verse 1 would kick in. Now, you may not know what a shofar is, so um, would you welcome Dennis Smirch uh, to the stage, please? Would you welcome Dennis uh, to the stage? (coughs) By the way, is Max back there as well? Is Max out here? Max, would you stand up? Uh, If you've noticed since December, these guys have been our kind of brass ensemble. And don't you love what they're doing in our worship right there? That is like awesome. Thank you, Max. By the way, just a funny story about Max. The police called me out here uh, one day because Max and his father, Dennis, had broken into the church because Max had left his Bible and couldn't do devotions that night, you know. So the policeman looked at me and I said, yeah, arrest him. Get him out of here, you know. But anyway, this is Dennis uh, Smirch. Dennis is starting a new life group coming up in February called Celebrate Recovery. And basically it's to help Christian folk, and even non-Christian folk, anybody who has an addiction, it's not just limited to alcohol or narcotics, just, just an addiction, uh, to, you know, to overcome that through applying biblical principles to life. Dennis is going to be right down front after church. If you want to ask him more questions about that, he would love, love to chat with you about that. But what Dennis is going to do is he's going to demonstrate the shofar, and then we're going to read Psalm 47 and verse 1 before he does the shofar. So Psalm 47 and verse 1, just listen to what it says. Matter of fact, would you read it with me? Clap your hands, all peoples. Now, wait a minute. Clap your hands. All people. Is Don back here? Don Meyer, are you, hey, come out just a second. I'm going to need a hand clap from you. All right. Some kind of rhythm that we can do throughout the message. Throughout the message. Throughout the message. Don't make it complicated. <laughs> Max, would you come up here, please? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some, some, all right. So what would happen? When they would hear the shofar. It was like everybody went, yes! I mean, it is not the yes, it's not the church yes. All right? It's not the amen yes. Or it's not the, you know, where we nod, we don't say nothing, we nod, sometimes we nod off, but we nod, you know, and that kind of, that kind of thing. But it is the yes. Let me give it to you in terminologies that I don't like, but you would understand after so many years of being beat down by my Ohio State Buckeyes, if your Michigan Wolverines were to beat my team this coming November, what are you going to do? You're going to go, yes! Can't wait to see the preacher in the morning, you know? You know what I'm saying? It's yes! It is uncontained excitement. It is unfiltered exuberance. It's yes! It is, praise God, we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate. God is king. God is good. Yahweh reigns. And I'm telling you, it is like, yes. And they would clap and celebrate when they heard the shofar. The shofar would not be one long funeral dirge. It would be kind of 
staccato kind of, so the shofar may sound something like this. loud. Keep going. Just keep going. It was loud. I like it. It was loud. The people heard it. People would start clapping. Enthusiasm was contagious because they knew they were going to worship the king. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Give Dennis a big hand. Thank you, Dennis. So it is clap your hands, all people. Jew and Gentile, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Isn't that incredible? Shout to God with loud songs of joy for the Lord, the Most High. For the Lord, Yahweh, the Most High. Malik, M-A-L-E-K in the Hebrew. Yahweh Malik. The Lord Most High, God, who reigns as king, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Where did Don go? Did I, did I, did anybody say go, 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 stay out here. He's to be feared, he's great king over all the earth. Isn't that incredible? No, 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 no. See, you're Baptist, I want you to be Jewish. Yeah, because on Yom Kippur, at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, when you knew that at the end of that week, your sins were gone, when you knew at the end of that week that everything was right between you and a holy God, that not only was things right between you and a holy God, but from the nation of Israel and a holy God, things were all right. And your faith was reaffirmed. Your faith was encouraged. You were inspired. You had heard the shofar. You were clapping for joy because you knew that God reigns and God is sovereign and God is still king of kings. And so you would shout to God and you would clap your hands and you would sing songs of joy and exuberance. Amen. You're getting a little better. So we need a clap. I've given you time to think about this. I thought that was it. No. <laughs> I thought I did my... No, no, no. Just a simple something that I can remember and we can do. Okay. I can remember and we can do. Not you and me, we, but we, we. I don't really have any special claps, Pastor. That's all right. Just, it's really not that hard. All right, do it again. One more time. Well, now you confused me. Is it like one? Too long, too short. All right, here we go. Too long, too short. It's not very creative, but that's okay. All right, here we go. Too long, too short. Ready? See, I knew you wanted to do one more. I, I kind of felt that third one too. It's kind of like. It's like, okay, yeah, so if you want to throw that third one, so one more time, here no, we go. this is the clap. If I'm creating it, it's, that's it, those four, that's it. We're not throwing the third one in. See, 
See, you ask for a little help, then he just takes over. You know what I'm saying? Don't ask me and then change. No, no, that's Don't all right. change my class. All right, one more time, one more time. Here we go. All right. So anytime I say the Lord is king or the Lord most high, whether we read it, whether you say it, king or most high, we all do the... Got it? It's just us. We don't have to be perfect today, right? So one more time. God is king. Awesome. So, hang on. Matter of fact, you might as well just sit down because I'm going to start with you. Grab the, grab the thing. And so listen to what it says. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God songs of joy for the Lord the Most High is to be feared. Now, that's not like cowering in the corner of fear. That is like in awe and wonder. That is like majesty and splendor. That is something beyond your wildest comprehension and imagination. There are several things that just, when I, th- when I think of awe and wonder, man, there are just images that come to my mind. I- I'm telling you, when my wife walked down the aisle on the wedding day, dude, that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was awe and wonder. We were in Colorado, and we came over a ridge, and we saw a Pikes Peak, and it just filled the entire windshield. I mean, it was just this massive thing, and it was like awe and wonder. Going to youth camp, and you see God get a hold of, of children or teenagers, it was like awe and wonder. It, it, to, to see new, it's like awe, and wanted to hold my little grandbaby. And some of you are joining my club, you know what I'm saying? Man, it is like awe and wonder. Why do we celebrate God? Because he subdued peoples under us. Under us. In other words, he has not forgotten that we are his people. And if you keep reading Psalm 47, and then you were to read Psalm 93, and then Psalm 95 through Psalm 99, these are called (coughs) the heavenly psalms, where they honor God as king or God as most high. So now you got to pay attention, or we're not shoveling your driveway today, is all I'm saying, all right? He subdued the peoples. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, who he loves. Look at the next set of verses. Going on to verse 5. It says, God has gone up with a shout. So the people are shouting. God is shouting. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet, the sound of the shofar. They all knew what it was talking about. Man, this is exciting stuff. And sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of the earth. Sing praises with the psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. you got to understand, in Psalm 47, they were in bondage. And Nebuchadnezzar sat on his throne. But God still reigns on his throne. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know if it's sickness. I don't know if it's financial. I don't know if it's relational. I don't know if it's trouble, health issues. I don't know what's going on in your world. But I'm telling you, our God still sits on the throne. Amen? And the princes of the people, they gather as the people of the God of Abraham. Not only do we come and we shout his glory. Oh, but listen. All the leaders of the world will one day understand 
and he is king of kings. He's Lord of lords, and the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So we want to make some noise this year. And one of the couple of things we want to do is we want to, we want to make some noise in the area of worship. All right? And what I want Don to do is just in a very few moments is just to tell us about your vision for worship in 2019. 2014. I'm, or 2014. testing. All right, thank you. In 2014, there's two aspects that I, that I want to bring to our worship. Um, and first, God has been working on this in my own personal life. And, uh, and so when Pastor asked me to do this, he, he was like, you sure you don't need more direction? I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, because God's been working on two things in me that I want to help lead us as a church in worship this year. The first thing is to celebrate him. And your little claps this morning help celebrate God. Mm-hmm. I, 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 this Whenever I looked at um, this idea of celebration in my life, I'm not a good celebrator. I'm a bad partier. I really am. Uh, New Year's Eve night, 9 o'clock, I was in bed. I was on Pacific time, uh, and I had to fly back at 6 a.m. But still, I, I am that guy. I, I, I don't celebrate very well. Um, I can celebrate your stuff kind of and be happy for you, but I'm not a great celebrator. And so I watched my mother. I got to see my mom for about 10 minutes Uh, during this trip to California because Austin was sick and we didn't get to spend uh, any time with them. So we had to stay in hotels and eat out uh, at restaurants for dinner the whole week we were out there uh, because I had sickness in our family. We couldn't be together as a family uh, with my parents. But there was a time whenever my mom was here and my parents were living here, we went down to Ford Field and my cousin was competing. Uh, He had won the silver medal in the Pan Am Games in Taekwondo. And my mother, little, reserved, stout and firm Chi Myers. Now, you can tell her I said all those words. And that's, that's my mom. If you've met my mom, that's true. She got up during this little Taekwondo little thing, expo, whatever my cousin was doing, competition. And she embarrassed me to high heaven. As, a, as like a 35-year-old man back in that time, she got up and she started doing this. After that time, then, uh, then I, 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 did, I had a conversation with her later, and I said, Mom, I mean, I got I to gotta ask you. I didn't know that was in you. Like, so, I mean, after 35 years, I didn't know that was in you. And I said, where is that for God? And I did. I just, I had one of those questions with my mom, and I said, like, I know it doesn't come out very often, you know, for, for your family, because it never came out for me, but apparently for your nephew it'll come out, you know. Uh, there's so much at stake. But I said, <coughs> when does that come out for God? Because if it's, if it's just not in there anywhere, then I guess I, I can't ask it. And I, we had a great conversation. And it's a conversation we revisited uh, a number of times just between us. And, and she said, Don, that I, need to, I need to be more like that for God to be willing to celebrate like that for God. So I want to ask our church 
and it's not comfortable. There's going to be times this year where someone says, that's it, I'm celebrating for God, and you're going to be sitting next to him, and you're going to feel like I felt sitting next to my mom at Ford Field. You're going to be like, oh, no, why are they celebrating like that to God? You know what? Can we have a little bit of freedom in the house of the Lord? And let's, and if you want to celebrate for God, celebrate for God. The second thing that we're going to run after is to have a heart to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our, all of our soul, and all of our mind. In my Christian heritage, duty and service has been huge. And for my own personal makeup, duty and service are huge. And what God's been working on me about is not to just love through duty and service, but to love him. I've preached it before. Between Mary and Martha, Jesus said Mary did the better thing when she sat at the feet of Jesus. And Martha was clamoring around serving. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a server. I, I want to serve Jesus. But I am allowing the scripture in Matthew 22 when the Pharisees are putting Jesus to the test. And whenever Jesus says to them, uh, whenever they ask Jesus the question, teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replies, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. When put to the test, I've preached that before, but when I try to live that out in my life and flesh it out in Don Meyer's skin and say, God, I love to serve you. How do I love you better? That is like uncomfortable. It's, 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 like, it's not the well-worn path in my spiritual journey. It's a path that I have to walk over this way for a little bit and say, okay, God, I'm taking some steps with you. And I want to love you with all my heart, and with all my soul, and with all my mind. I want to be that man for God, and I want to lead a church who feels the same. Who's, this year, in 2014, we're willing to celebrate for God and to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. Amen. Don't you love Don? Thank you for that. Man, we want to celebrate God and we want to pursue him. We want to chase after him. One of the things we're going to do differently this year that's going to be new for the new year. In the past, I don't know, six, seven years, we've had a fast in February. And just talking to different ones, some of you missed the point of the fast because you got so locked in on, you mean I can't eat anything today? I can't eat? And you got so locked in on what you couldn't have you didn't embrace on what God wanted you to have in that time with him. So we're going to do a different kind of fast this year. It's called a Daniel fast. The bookstores now are, are full of resources and books about that, the Daniel fast. This thing is like worldwide people are doing this. People of faith uh, are doing this. And a lot of churches are doing it, start the new year. And we're going to do it as well. We're going to start January the 20th, 21-day fast. From, February, from January the 20th to February the 9th, we're going to end on that Sunday morning, celebrate the Lord's Supper together uh, in our Sunday morning service on February the 9th. And basically what a Daniel fast is, it's very simple. It, it is a biblically-based kind of partial fast, all right? Uh, it is a method of fasting that men, women, and young people all over the world can enter into the spiritual discipline of prayer and having time with God. And so basically, it is, a, it is a fruit and vegetable and water only. It comes from Daniel chapter 1, and then later on in the book of Daniel, where Daniel said, I won't defile the, my body with the king's meat 
And so it, it is like natural fruits and natural vegetables and water. So for you coffee-aholics, you know, no Starbucks run during that. Tw- I know, I know some of you just, I can't function, I can't survive uh, without that. But the idea is not so much for you to focus on not having the food, all right? Because I want to just kind of drop that out of the equation. But I do want it to be different, I do want it to have a different feel for us during those 21 days. And so what we'll be asking you to do in those 21 days is to do a couple of things, about six things during those 21 days. Number one, we're going to ask you to avoid distractions. We're going to ask you not only to cut down on your food intake, we're going to ask you to cut down on your media intake. TV, radio, Facebook, Twitter. Did anybody see me? I tweeted New Year's Day. It was like so fun. And, uh, but we're, we're going to just kind of pull back from that. I mean, in a real sharp way and focus that time on God. We're, we're not going to ask you to, to just pray three times a day, the times that you would eat the, the dinners or the meals or the breakfast. Um, we're going to ask you to be in an attitude of prayer throughout the day. And so by pulling back. We're going to avoid some distractions. And then we're going to focus on faith. And this is going to be a radical shift because we've always asked you to pray for the church. This year, it's not, you know, we'll throw out some prayer requests and things like that. And you'll see it on Facebook, or not Facebook, but you'll see it on on our website and those kind of things. But what we want you to do is focus on God himself. Do you remember what we just read? All right, Psalm 47 and verse 1. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. By the way, the words of cry are, are not like a brokenhearted cry. It is, it is sounds of exuberance, all right? And then how awesome is the Lord most high. And how the great king over all the earth. And so it's about focusing on him. And in the past, I think we've focused on the church, which is the continuing ministry of Jesus Christ, which there is nothing wrong with that, but we want you to focus on your relationship with God in heaven. 21 days, not just one day, because honestly, there's things in my life God can't accomplish in one day as God as God is, because I'm slow to come around to what God, and so it's 21 days where you do eat, it's, not, it's a partial fast, fresh boots, vegetables, water, that kind of thing, and, uh, and we'll give you some instruction. But we also want you to pray. We want you to kind of pray three or four times as much, include the uh, upgrade, the freaks. We want you to reserve one special time a day for studying God's Word. This is more than a devotional. This is like, you know, since you're cutting back on the media intake, you carve out 35, 45 minutes, and you dig into God's Word. You want to learn something new. You want God to reveal himself in some unique way to you. And we'll give you some direction and, and that way so everybody may be studying the same passages on those days. So if you kind of get in a jam, you can call somebody else who you know is going through the Daniel fast and maybe, you know, walk through that Bible study together and we'll have some questions and that kind of thing. But we want you to do that. We want you to seek the Lord diligently to answer and, and answer for the prayers that you have. And we'll throw out a list but we don't want the list to be the overwhelming thing you pray about. We want it to be a, an overflow of your heart because we want it to be this expression of worship. And then we want you to ask God for guidance in your life. And so the Daniel Fast is trying to simplify this whole thing down because we want you to pursue 
God and we want you to pursue after him. Another way that we want you, that we're going to make some noise this year in, uh, at Kirby Church is we're going we're gonna to up our game in Tot Spot, all right? We've got to just make some major revisions to Tot Spot. Uh, they have more kids than they have room. They have more kids than they have staff. And we've got to address those two issues. Every room is filled. So if we take a room to add to that ministry, it means somebody loses room. You understand that? But that's okay. Because we're asking mature believers in, body of, in the body of Christ to give up something so that we can reach to young families who are trying to get established and grounded in faith. And I don't know of a mature believer anywhere who would not make that trade-off. Amen? Going after those young families. And so Tot Spot, and also our children's church. We're trying to up the game in, in children's church. And Allie Smith just does an incredible job. And she's... <laughs> excuse me, down there with her staff this morning, and it, it's just awesome, and it is so cool to see, because man, she talks to your children. Larry Blackburn was sitting on a bench, kids running in and just having a time, and he was just one-on-one, tall, locked in, and talking to, your, to one of your child. It is just this incredible, incredible thing, and so we want to up our game in children's church. We want to up it in their three big events that they have, the egg hunt, uh, the Vacation Bible School, Adventure Week, which is just like we always blow it out. And then our Fall Festival, which if you were here last year and we moved it over here, was just, I thought, the best ever. And so we really want to up the game. But again, they're out of room there. So it means if we're going to continue to grow, we got to build or take away room until we get to the point financially where we can build. So it means that somebody's got to give up something so that children can continue to grow and mature in their faith. And those of us who are mature in our faith, we are willingly give up something, space that we enjoy so that our children can be rooted and grounded in faith and not and avoid the sins and temptations of this world. Amen? I'm telling you, we all would. And so we got to up the game. We also are upping the game in our youth ministry. And I'm really excited about this because ladies and gentlemen... All just, you guys get the honor because it's like so cool because there's not, since there's not a lot of us here this morning, you will actually get to talk with him today. Our new youth pastor. And the prayer you pray today is, Lord, after the snow and the cold this week, please do not let them go back to Oklahoma. But will you welcome Clayton Kerr and his wife, Taylor? Would you welcome them? Here, you sit here, okay? You sit right there. And uh, first of all, if you don't know very much about them, they are an awesome, awesome couple. And, uh, and Clayton was one of our interns three summers ago. And uh, two summers ago, uh, brought a youth group from his church in Cushing, Oklahoma. So anyway, just tell us real quick. Uh, goodness sakes, don't be as long as Don. But, uh, but real quick, just tell us uh, a little bit about you guys. All right, like you said, uh, my name is Clayton. This is my wife, Taylor. We got married in May um, of last year. I about said this year, but that's changed now. 2013, um, so we've been together eight months. Um, we actually, I guess you could say, decided to start courting here at Kirby, down at Kate's Kitchen. Amazing place. Who knew? Who knew? It was the biscuits and gravy. No, um, <laughs> but we had brought a, 
our youth group here, just like he had said before, um, we're serving here, serving here, and stuff like that. And I got to see Taylor serve, and I was like, you know what, that's somebody that I would like to serve beside for the rest of my life. And uh, so we went from there, we had some discussions, and uh, ended up getting married. Um, we both grew up in Cushing, which is a small town, our families are there, um, so please be praying for them, I know this is hard on them that we left. Uh, but we've grown up there, I went to school at Hillsdale in Moore, and then she went to a tech school there near Cushing, and she is a hairstylist. Um, anything else? Trying to think of anything else. No. So they're still on their. <laughs> you know, I jumped in, but I didn't know if you were asking me or Taylor. I'm asking you. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Then, then I'll go ahead and jump in. Uh, so they're still on their honeymoon. Amen. Which really means after eight months of marriage, they're still clueless, aren't they? You know, and uh, and that and that's that's a wonderful place to be. Uh, we had a boatload of people over at their house helping them move in. Thank you to everybody who was involved in that. There is still a lot of boxes and stuff to move and shuffle around and that kind of thing. So this is Taylor, and this is Clayton, and there's uh, um, Clayton's sister Ashley is visiting with them. She is right down front. She's here for the week. Really, she's the organizer and kind of the you know the the one getting everything done. But. Uh, um, make sure you welcome them. And then before we kind of end this little part, tell us what your vision is for youth. And I understand you just got here. You know some of them from intern, but just in broad strokes, just in very broad um, range. Would you just kind of pay two or three things, just paint the vision um, in 2004 for youth ministry here at Kirby? All right. Uh, the big vision for us I feel like is community. Um, we want to build the youth group as a community, as a family, and um, along with the, the larger congregation as well. But we want it to be a community, a place where the students can come and they feel welcome. They feel like this is where I fit in. This is my spot. This is my place. Um, and we can serve here. We can grow here. Uh, we want it to be a youth ministry where the parents are involved. The parents are their, their key pastors, not necessarily me, but um, a, a D6 model. I don't know if you've heard of that. You probably have. But um, Deuteronomy 6 talked about the parents are the ones who are leading the kids, and we want the parents to be involved, and, and we want to do things to, to train the parents and help the parents and, and go to different conferences and do things like that where, where they're the ones leading their students and their students are coming, and it's not just what they hear on Wednesday night, but they're, they're learning from their parents, they're learning from us, they're serving together, they're part of a community, and, and the end result is we want them to be passionate about their Lord. Um, we want them, when they graduate, to be passionate, on fire, and looking for some place to serve and to just be in love with their Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad they're here? Thank you. Thank you, guys. They're going to be out in the foyer after the service, and I want you to make sure that you welcome them and for the next, like, month and a half, just keep telling them over and over your name so they can start putting faces and names together. And I am so so thankful that they are here today. Um, one other place we're, we want to up our game is in the area um, of, well, two areas, but it, one is, is life groups. And this is, I'm telling you, this year, just about every Sunday, you're going to hear something uh, about life groups. This has got to just, you know, blow up and just take charge in our church in a huge way. And, uh, of course, Joe and Julie 
I have been with us a year and a half. Has yep. it been this cold in the year and a half you've been here? I've never been this cold. <laughs> in uh, your life. In my life. In your That's life. Yeah. And uh, part of Joe's, Joe's got kind of three or four areas, and really he's got his hands in a whole lot more. Uh, but the main focal thrust of this year is, is going to be for him two things, life groups and growth tracks. And he's going to talk about those two things. Just kind of paint the vision. Let's start with life groups because I think that's so critical, so important for us as we move forward as a church. Yeah, you know, if there's one thing that pastors lose sleep over, it's, it's, um, it's how to disciple people who are new in the Lord, new in their faith. And we know that's what we're called to do. And uh, we really don't have, the Bible doesn't outline a specific way to, to make those things happen. We see the result of what takes place in the book of Acts in the New Testament church as they came together in homes and they had large group meetings and they, they really loved and cared for one another and, and uh, even to the point they were willing to sell and give away to help other people in need and they broke bread together, all those different types of things. And so we know, we believe, and uh, we really desire for our life group ministry just to really expand and grow and that's going to take everybody working together to make mm -hmm. that happen we, we know that that's where true discipleship and life change can take place uh, it's that's kind of the it's the bread and butter of discipleship so to speak when you come together in a life group or a small group and you study God's word you pray together and you build those relationships so that when when life is tough life is difficult you've got somebody there cheering you on, sort of like Chi Myers, you know, cheering you on. You're in that, that competition, and the competition is running the race for Christ and growing in your relationship with, with Christ. And we're all in a different place in that walk and growing with Him. Some of you have been Christians, you know, like me, since I was nine. And so you've been growing for a long time. Some of you are pretty new in your faith. And so life groups are incredible opportunities for people to come together in a small group environment, discuss God's Word, discuss life, pray together grow, uh, love on one another, to be there for one another when life gets tough, you lose a loved one, or you're going through, uh, you know, difficulties with aging parents or with teenage kids, all those kind of things. And so, you know, ultimately our goal is we'd love to have 90 to 100 percent of the people who come to Kirby Church involved in a life group. Now say, um, that, say that number again, because that's a huge, yeah, that's, that's the goal. That, that's, that's huge, and that shows our, our commitment uh, and what we see, the value, the high value of, of right. life groups. 90 to 100 uh, percent. And that's huge. And uh, not many churches are able to do that, but there are some who do. And uh, we're trying to learn from those people. We're always trying to learn and adapt and make things happen. And that's, that's kind of what's taking place right now with our life groups. Where, uh, our goal is to find more and more people uh, who are entrepreneurial type leaders who can take a group and grow that, that group. Uh, entrepreneurial qualities meaning that you can take something and kind of build it from the ground up. And uh, you don't necessarily have to be a great teacher. You just have to be a, a good organizer and uh, kind of draw people in and, mm -hmm. and build that group. And we need, we need our groups to be multiplying. Um, you know, life groups, uh, for us to be successful, we just got to continue to add more and more. The way we get more people involved is to have more groups. And we're excited to be launching some new groups even this fall. Or, I mean, I'm this, the end of this month, this uh, kind of the winter term, so to speak. Uh, they'll be taking place through uh, May, uh, April, May. And so uh, we want to encourage everybody to find a group. If you don't find a group that necessarily fits you and your family and your kids, let us know. And, and maybe you can help us start a new group. And groups can meet anywhere. Uh, you know, we're a little bit limited here with our facility, so we have yeah. to start looking at new opportunities. And uh, I had a group that met in my home, and it was an incredible experience. Uh, we're going to do it again and uh, encourage everybody just to think about doing those kind of things and at least be a part of a group. Great. 
And so life groups, if you don't have a life group, man, 2014, not 19, 14 is the year to make some noise, get involved in a life group. Real quickly, tell us growth tracks. Yeah. Paint uh, the vision for that. You know, our desire, um, matter of fact, our, our, our vision, our, our mission as a church is to, to bring lost people into a life-changing relationship with Christ and then to, to build them into devoted, committed disciples of Christ. And Growth Track is simply that discipleship model that we've kind of uh, developed and are laying out there, and we've just been revising and reworking it. We want everybody to go through Growth Track. And it starts with 101 that explains everything there is about our church, our history, and what it means to be a member of Kirby Church and be a part of that. And then 201 is all about how you can build your faith and strengthen your faith, how to read the Bible, how to pray, uh, you know, those types of things that are so integral, so important for you as you run the race in, uh, for Christ and, and grow in your relationship with Him. 301 is about finding your place of ministry. And uh, so we do a per personality evaluation, a spiritual gifts inventory. And then 401 is helping you to plug in to a ministry or even creating a brand new ministry uh, that you can be a part of. Um, I met with a fellow a couple of weeks ago and, and he was talking about, you know, I just don't, I don't have a place where I can fit in and things that I, you know, I, but here's what I like to do and here's why I'm at. And I said, you know, we, for me personally, we've adopted and we love orphan care ministry, but James is specific about caring for orphans and widows. And I said, what would you think about if we kind of created a ministry and you helped with that or even headed that up to care for widows? And so last week after the big snow that we had, he, he let out some guys and, and cleaned, I think it was about a dozen driveways. A lot of them were uh, some of our widow ladies. And it was an incredible experience to see him being a part of that and leading that. And, and I think that's the... You know, that's the goal. That's the vision. There's a yep. place for everyone to serve. And God has, got, has gifted you. He's given you abilities and skills that you may be the only one that has. And there's a place for here, here for you to use that for, for Christ and his glory. Great. Aren't you glad Pastor Joe's with us? I'm glad to be here. Awesome stuff. Let's flip back to the verse on the screen. I want you to read it with me. Matter of fact, uh, go to the second. Yeah, that, no, no, that, the one you were just at right there. Verse 5. Let's, would you read it with me? God has gone up with a shout. No, no, no. Our God, the God who reigns, the God who is sovereign, the God who forgives sins, the God who makes a world of difference in a world that needs a difference to be made in. God has gone up with a shout. You know, we used to sing a song around here called The Glory of the, Glo the, Glory of the Lord Rise Above Us. The Glory of the Lord Rise Above Us. And, and it, it, that encompasses that thought. God has given has gone up with a shout. It's the next phrase, say it with me. The Lord will sound as a trumpet, the shofar, what you just heard. Loud, long, exciting, celebratory. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to God our King. Sing praises. Man, Kirby Church, let's make some noise in 2014. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much. Man, Psalm 47 is just absolutely incredible.